Hello and welcome to the Migrant Media Network Diaspora Gambia podcast series. MMN is a project by Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation funded by the German Foreign Office. The project provides young Africans, especially potential migrants, with reliable information through social media and training on migration issues in order to make informed decisions and be aware of safer migration options to Europe. I'm Sheriff Boyang Jr. and in this edition of the podcast series, we meet a young Gambian who fled danger at home and headed to Europe through the Mediterranean Sea. My name is Sidi Sedikan. I'm an advocate and a refugee activist. And at the same time, I work as a social um, worker for migrants and refugees in Germany here. I've been here now almost five years now. In the Gambia, in West Africa, Sidi had just started working as a reporter at a local radio station. His dream was to become a prominent professional broadcaster and the opportunity at the radio station was a dream come through for him. But before he could mature in the professional journalism he was yearning for, danger loomed. There was a full-blown dictatorship in the country and Sidi, like many of his compatriots, got trapped into the dictatorship. He had no choice but to flee. I wasn't really prepared to leave the country. I just decided within three days and I left the Senegal and that's how the journey started. I remember uh, it was um, 2014, March 2014. Sidi hit the road first to neighboring Senegal and then to a few other West African states along the way until he reached Niger's Agadez, the crossroads for migrants from West Africa. Tough, crazy. Um, I think Agadez is not a place that any Gambian would, would like to live. And the first thing that I learned about Agadez is that it's dry, very dry, sorry. And it's um, very, very hot, you know, very hot in Gambia. Agadez is in the desert. So when we say desert, we already know uh, what does that mean. And but you see that if you come across people who flee to Libya and they were deported back, some of them, if they explain their stories to you, you'll be shocked. If, in, if, you, if you're not careful, you wouldn't like to continue your journey. So I would say like what I experienced in Akadis, I've seen people who are dead. I've seen people who um, return friends to tell their parents that they cannot make it again. They cannot even leave Akadis because they are um, sick and they have no one to take care of them. Sidi didn't wait long to go through that pain and hardship in Agadez. He left for Libya, the last African soil before Europe and the point of no return. I cannot remember exactly but I know that it was Monday that I left. It took me two days before I'm gonna be in Libya in uh, Gatron, you could remember. And I remember that we, we were three. So these traffickers, we have three cars that left and one of the cars uh, got lost. And there was a woman there. There was only two people who survived. And when we when we reached in Gardner, those two people came and told us that everybody were dead. And this was one of the things that made me feel like this is not the right, you know, um, journey that I really think I want to take. And it's really hard to take that, you know, if you knew that you're gonna take another risk journey to um, Europe. 
Sidi proceeded to the Libyan capital Tripoli, one step closer to Europe. But unlike most of the African migrants who would be forced to live depressing lives in the troubled North African country, he had a stable home to go to. My auntie was working in Libya for 20 years um, with Nigerian embassy. So when I came to Libya, um, she was shocked that I was in Libya and I was in her place. So I didn't have a problem, but I decided to go where boys are because I was like lonely at home. And so this was something that I would take like I have a, a more privilege than the other people who are there without any family or any support. In addition to that privilege, Sidi had his press identity card he acquired from the Gambia as a journalist. Where other migrants faced obstacles, his card protected him and gave him a bit of access. But despite that opportunity, he couldn't escape witnessing pain and trauma that other migrants went through. Libya people get shot to death. Libya people will be beaten to death. Libya people will be sold as slaves. People will be kidnapped. We heard about it. And myself, I make some research about it. I make some, so many interviews about it. But nonetheless, what is important, what I have seen myself is that I've seen people who have been killed. I've seen people who have been drowned. You know, people that I know, I've seen people who are sick to death and, 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 they, and they, they, they lost their life. I've seen people who lost their mindset, they're like mentally disordered at the end. So um, everything that you could think can happen to a human being, it's happening in Libya. After a while in Libya, Sidi and family raised the amount of money he needed to pay for the boat trip to Europe through the Mediterranean. I knew that you're going to cross the Mediterranean, of course. And I knew that there are people who are drown um, through this you know Mediterranean journey but what I knew is that the traffickers say they're gonna help us to use this marine boat that is safe and then we'll be safe because it's gonna be a big boat and everything's gonna be okay and everybody's gonna save and like they make it easier for you and they're gonna even tell you that you see if you look at this river because I remember when I was in the connection there is this Gambian man who is working with these Arab people who will tell you if you look at this place, meaning that if you look at that area, within two hours you see in Europe, my friend, you're going to be in Europe in the next 24 hours, you're going to drink your teas. At that moment you see nothing, you only see Europe in your head. So like, you're just like, you're already in Europe. So the only thing between you and Europe is this river. But on the day of the journey, Sidi was shocked when he saw the boat that was supposed to take him and his colleagues across the sea to Europe. The funniest thing is that when we were taken to the harbour, we find out that it's not even a big boat, it's a small boat. And it's the small boat is just a fibre. I was like totally disappointed that it was fibre, it was a small boat. And the other thing is that the tube have a problem and then they went home and used something else to, to make another option so that we can move at that night. That tube was fixed. And at around 4 a.m. the next day, Sidi and 114 other migrants were loaded onto the dinghy boat that was supposed to take just a few dozen passengers. We have been driving, driving, driving and see that the fiber is now getting even worse. So one side of the fiber was all off. It's like now people have to find a way to catch it. Like this, they have to help each other. If not, we all go, gonna go down. We see one big ship from Thailand called the Nodana. A big, big ship is that. It's not for um, rescue, whatever. So we wave them. But unfortunately, the ship 
saw us, so they were trying to help us break, but we are very close to the ship. So the power of the ship is pulling water on us, and our boat was unfortunately torn upside down. It capsized, and I remember more than 40 people lost their life on that day. I was under a small boat, and I couldn't swim. I, I remember I have my um, trouser. I wanted to take off my trouser, but I couldn't because I was shocked. I knew that I'm going to die here. I knew that I'm, something crazy is going to happen because this is not going to be possible. We're going to get to Italy like this. Then I was under the ship. So when I turned off, Somebody saw me, but the person was on top of that uh, fiber that capsized, you know, because before the, uh, somebody, they would help them. So he saw me, then he took off his clothes and gave it to me so that I can catch the clothes so that I can at least have a space to breathe. So that's how I was saved from the rescue from Nodana. Was there any moment during that struggle when the boat capsized, when you gave up, you you just waiting for death, you thought you would die? I gave up before the boat will even capsize. Before the boat like our boat was going, it, it, it took time before the whole boat will capsize like that. It took time because like the boat was like this, going like this. I was on top of the things. The only thing I was thinking about is my mom, my dad thinking I'm going to Europe, but I'm dying here without seeing me and without even praying for me. You know, it's a very I've, I've seen other people who are like crying, but they couldn't cry anymore. They couldn't. The only thing they do is we look at each other like this. You know, but I was totally shocked. I couldn't say anything. The only thing is that I. I start to cry and my, my tears are coming out. Your colleagues who died, you saw them drowning? Yeah, I've seen people who drown. I've seen somebody that I, when I was having this um, clue from the person who was on top, somebody was drowning, then I asked the person, come with me, we cut this. The person was totally unconscious at the end. When he catches, that what he's going to do, now the person is trying to pull me out of that room because he was also totally unconscious. I remember that and I cried. Then I, the person on top of this uh, fiber told me, if you don't be careful, I'm going to leave it and you're all going to die. Then I have to post that person. And he was conscious, not uh, unconscious. I have to post him so that I could save my life because he was unconscious and he was trying to uh, save him, his life. And at the end, the person, you know, lost his life. When Sidi was finally rescued, he realized that only 70 out of the 115 migrants made it to the boat. The rest perished at sea. He and his colleagues were taken to Calabria in southern Italy. It was a moment of joy for Sidi because back home in the Gambia, he had an exciting mental picture of what Europe looked like. First thing I know that I'm going to be protected. I'm not gonna run away from all what I'm running away, or why I'm scared. Because like, I know that I was very young. I was really, really, really scared, you know, to go back to Gambia. And, and those as we know, yeah, Gambia was there. But that was the first thing that I'm gonna be protected and I'm gonna have right school and I'm gonna have a better life and I'm gonna be like, you know, rich because I had this mindset, like, I'm gonna be rich when I'm in Europe and, and I'm gonna, gonna be respected because people are gonna say that he's in Europe because this is, this is also the mindset in our country if you're in Europe people are gonna see you like you know you are top at the moment but as Sidi would learn in Italy his imaginary Europe was different from the one in which he arrived the hope of getting an asylum was dashed 
Well, the asylum process makes you go crazy about Europe. I was shocked the way we, we were attended, with the way they, they, they take care of the young people. Uh, these on the ages, the age of 14, 15, 16, uh, we don't even have the chance to go to normal school. So everything there is disappointing. And no paper to work, no, no, no work. You're not even allowed to go to school, so how can you work? Because like, nothing is organized. Nothing, there's nothing that will encourage you or inspire you to say, okay, I think I make it to the Europe that I've been thinking about. So this is where I knew that this is not the Europe that I, I have been, I have been dreaming for. This is not the Europe that I was like the whole time saying, if I go to Europe, then I, 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 I am now in my, in my country of destination. It's not here. If this is how Europe is, then I'm, I'm, I'm done with Europe. I'm, I'm totally done. And that's how I feel when I came to Italy. After almost a year, Sidi left Italy out of disappointment and frustration and headed to Germany instead to further pursue his dream. I decided to come to Germany because the system in Germany is different from Italy. The way they try to help migrants to integrate, you know, is different from Italy. So when I came to Germany for the first week, I see that Germany will give you a way. They were going to give you this is what we can do for you. If you want it, you take it. If you don't want it, then it's your problem. So, like, if I want to study, if I want to learn, if I want to educate, if I want to achieve my goals, Germany are ready to help me. And they're going to push you to go to school. German will tell you, you have to go to school. It's not like, I want to go to school. You have to. If you don't go to school, the police will come for you and say, you have to go to school. Yes, Germany. And this is something I've been wanted for the whole time. And I didn't have it. For the first week, first week in Germany, they asked me to go to school. Most. So... Everything was all organized. Everything was all perfect. They respect us as migrants. They support us, you know. And even though whatever they are saying about, it's everywhere about racism. You know, it happens everywhere, like I said. But in Germany, migrants, this is why every migrant wants to come to Germany. Migrants have a better opportunity when it comes to, as a, to achieve their goals than anywhere in Europe. But you must have still faced some challenges in Germany in terms of how quickly you want to especially paperwork to work to integrate. Um, what are some of the challenges despite the positivity? First of all, the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy makes me go crazy. Too much of paperwork. Even simple things that you can just do, they will send you so much letters that are gonna make you go crazy. The second thing is the, is the language. Because if you, if you come from Africa, German language is not spoken in Africa. So if you, if you are like someone who speaks English, then you have an obstacle with language barrier here. Even though German people can speak English, but at the end, they will love you to speak their language. In order to achieve your goals here, you have to be ready to speak the language. Because you can see Berlin, everybody speaks English. But now, it depends on you. What do you want to do here? Do you want to stay here? Do you want to achieve your goals? You have to start to speak the language and the language is too hard. So you have to be ready for that. So the other thing is also, you're going to start fresh if you're a refugee here. If you are um city of whatever in uh, Gambia or whatever you are, you have all those, whatever your father is rich or you are intelligent, whatever, you're going to be ready to start fresh. The asylum procedure is too long. You're going to wait a long, long time before you're going to get German document. Sidi is today a social worker and an activist who has been anchoring popular programs on the social media about migration issues and migrants. I use it just to inform migrants who are living in Libya, in Africa, in Italy themselves, let them know that what they're hearing, what, you know, the information, the news you hear about Europe or Italy, it's all fake. It's not something that's real. 
So I make sure that people get to know everything about it and make sure the people who lost their life, you know, if the family are searching for it, I try to use it on the platform so that we could try and help because I know the migrants are connected in that platform so that we could see if one part of social media. That's social media. And this is the social media now. Uh, majority of the migrants who are now in Italy, Germany and anywhere else, they came to Mediterranean Sea, they use as an um, information website. You know. and, and so in, t in telling them, in talking to them, use it, which is very important, you know, in your social media platform, you speak to them from experience. You know, that's the point here because I get, I get the experience and I think like, if I don't say this, who is going to say it? If I don't come out and, and, and explore and, and, and give them the, 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 the reality about what, what, what we are facing, you know? Because the thing is that we have to come out and be, you know, the voice of the voice at the same time, but make sure that you be an advocate that who's going to tell people the reality. And among these realities is to encourage his African brothers and sisters back home to build their lives and careers at home and wait for the right moment before heading to Europe. I will tell friends, boarders, if you want to come to Germany, you want to come to Europe, never try this journey because the money you're going to spend on this journey could change the time, could change a lot, a lot for you. It, you could build a business, you could use that for your studies, you could use that for something else. Ask for money to build your career, start something. If you want to do business, do start it at home. Europe is just the picture. You hear about Europe, you see the photos, you see these are social media, these are just the concept. These are just, you know, something that you see. But it comes to Europe, it's different. Look at us, we're here. So we are not, you know, in paradise. According to German officials, more than 2,000 Gambian migrants who have exhausted their asylum appeals in Germany are now waiting repatriation or expulsion. During an official trip to Banjul in September, Christoph Hoffman, a liberal member of the Bundestag for the Free Democratic Party, or FDP, in southern Baden, Germany, described the Gambia as a very safe country. Earlier this month, the EU announced the tightening of visa requirements for Gambians following Banjul's refusal to accept deportees from Germany. According to initial plans, the first batch of failed Gambian asylum seekers was expected to arrive in Banjul on September 1st. But the Gambian authorities refused to accept that request from Germany for those deportations, citing security concerns and the inability to reintegrate the deportees. You've been listening to the Migrant Media Network Diaspora Gambia podcast series Featuring Sidi Sedikan, a young Gambian who fled danger at home and headed to Europe through the Mediterranean. MMN is a project by Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation funded by the German Foreign Office. The project provides young Africans, especially potential migrants, with reliable information through social media and training on migration issues in order to make informed decisions and be aware of safer migration options to Europe. That's it for this edition of the program. From me, Serif Bojang Jr., thanks for listening and bye-bye.